Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Now, on the next play, which I think is a bigger subject, two things, and I'll let you start. One, um, odd man break, which I wanted to talk to you about because I feel as though that's happening way too often. Um, But the bigger picture was a goal that Jake Ottinger would normally start, uh, stop, gets beat on the short side, and you have a bigger picture with Jake that you wanted to talk about. So wherever you want to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is actually, uh, like, it's a play where Essa Lindell actually plays the two-on-one pretty well. Like, it's it's a break, but Essa Lindell plays the two-on-one pretty yeah. well, um, takes away the pass completely. Daniel Sprong is looking shot the entire time, and Ottinger gets beat five-hole on this. And... uh he gets beat five hole on a clean shot. That's a shot that an NHL goalie, frankly, has to save. And um, we'll talk more about this, but I, I'll get into this topic now. Ottinger, it's been kind of an alarming, and Jake acknowledged it after the game. He's let up 10 goals in the past two games, and they have three points out of four. So it's kind of one of the reasons, it's kind of one of the things I was alluding to at the top of the show where um, you're winning, so you can kind of work from a teaching, a, a positive standpoint to fix things. Um, but Ottinger's last, and I sent this over to you, Gavin, as a uh, yeah, great as reference. A, as, as, it's as, as as a point of reference, um, and I'll and I'll make sure to put this. I'll tweet this out with the podcast episode when it goes out there, so people can see it as well. Uh, but so Ottinger for the season has been pretty. I mean, shots on the ice through the five hole, uh, pretty good, really good actually. Um, Ninety. Not, let me make sure I've got it right here. He's got a here it is ninety two save ninety two percent save percentage on shots through the five hole this season. This season, past past five games, eighty one percent save percentage on shots at the five hole, and it's something where if you look at the way Ottinger's been playing, and you look at him and. He's just not as um he's he's not as calm right now. Like he's not as he's not as composed, he's not as calm, he's a little bit more hectic. And one of the places you see that to start to break down is with the stick position and on the ice. And you see in the five hole, and we're seeing some more holes right there on the ice with an Ottinger lately. And that's something that 
is is concerning because you you can't have those type of holes. You the the goal he allowed last that first goal that's a goal he cannot allow as an NHL goaltender, especially as you go into a playoff series or anything like that. You have to make that save. Yeah. With Ottinger, I wonder, and I've I've brought this up on the podcast before. We're at the spot where he wants to be a number one, and he is a number one. And he is the number one by current NHL standards. But if he wants to be an elite Vesna level goalie, you can't, he's hitting, he's hitting that mark. He's hitting a mark where Andre Vasilevsky doesn't hit a wall at 54 games. Connor Hellebuck doesn't hit a wall at 54 games. Jake is kind of at the spot. He's maybe his 54th. Mm-hmm. played his 54th game maybe the season last night he played 55 nhl games last year and he was obviously and he was a little bit more spaced out and everything like that like the consistency and if you want to be that guy who's a top five goalie in the league you got to be able to take care of yourself you got to have that consistency that and i'm not even i'm not i don't i'm not saying that he doesn't take care of us i'm just saying this is also a mental thing there's yeah. a line of where do you, where do you go that? How do you, how do you avoid the drop off when you've played your 55th game of the season? How do you do that? And this is where we start to see the maturity and the definition of is Jake and, and, and also frankly defines what the Dallas stars will look like over the next couple of years. Is Jake Ottinger a one, a, or is Jake Ottinger a true number one? And that is what we're going to learn. And I and I, I hope he's a true number one because maybe this is just two bad games and he, he gets through it. But if he's going to be good for 50 to 55 games a year, you can't be signing the Scott Wedgwoods of the world. You need a 1B, a true 1B yeah. that really pushes. You need a, all of a sudden, if, if Jake Ottinger is a 1A, He's kind of uh, he's he's in the spot where you start to look at like he's making the four million right now, which is I think is a fair value for someone who's a one A. But from Jake's perspective, if when he becomes an RFA of twenty five twenty six, if he wants to make more than if he wants to be if he wants a raise into that like true bona fide number one money range, he's got to be he's got to prove he's a true number one and. It's one thing to do it on a level of when you come in and you're playing and you're getting 50 starts in the season and then you're going into the playoffs. It's another thing to do it when you're getting the 50, 60 starts in the season, you're consistent throughout. I just, I think we're just about to learn a lot about Ottinger for, for better or worse of how does he handle, this is kind of, this is kind of a wall he's got to fight through. It's it's not a it's it's almost like sometimes we talk about like a rookie wall with like guys who we've talked about with Wyatt Johnston where we're like, oh, is it gonna be game 60? Is it gonna be game 70? When is Wyatt Johnston gonna hit a wall? Like there's a goalie wall. There's a goalie wall mm-hmm. that some guys can fight through and some guys can't. It's the reason that um uh one of the reasons like a guy who is the classic version of an NHL backup, um uh Yaroslav Halak, right? Yep. Yaroslav Halak is someone who is a great backup goalie in the league if he's playing 40 games. But anytime he starts to, I've, I've talked to people in the, to goalie coaches who look like anytime you start moving past the 40 game mark with, with, with Halak, 
his game would start to falter. And that's kind of the difference. And, and so Ottinger, he needs to get more secure. He needs to clean up his game. Um, the five hole is, is concerning right now. And even some of the goals he let up and we'll continue to go through this, but like even some of the goals he let, he's let up in the past two games, even on ones where they were great chances, I'm not exactly liking how he's looking save selection wise and how he's coming across where it's not the same confident, smooth, composed Ottinger we saw in Calgary where some of those goals, I'm not upset as much. This one I'm upset about the goal itself, but there are some of the goals where I'm not as much upset that the puck went in. I'm more upset in how Ottinger looked as the puck went past him because there's some of the cases where you're like, okay, you know what? That's a blown defensive coverage, but I'm still concerned about how Ottinger played it or how his balance was like there was a two on as we go through this one there was one uh in both this game and the Calgary game where it's a two on one where Ottinger at his best gets across clean and stays up he may not make the save but he gets across clean and this one he ends up he's kind of he's he's ending up on his back which tells me there's some balance off there so it's I know I'm armchair quarterbacking this but when you want to win a Stanley Cup and the Stars have legitimate Stanley Cup aspirations you I mean Stars had to go get Ed Belfort to win the Stanley Cup in 99. Yeah, you, yeah. Need, you, you need a goalie. You need goaltending to not be something we're discussing like this if but, you're going to win a Stanley and Cup. And I wonder if the 1B, Sean, goes back to the contract of Ben Bishop and then the contract of Anton Hudobin, and then those resources were spent, so therefore you had to go yeah. out and get a Wedgwood. So you, that, you thought and, and you that, had and, those and, options. Yeah. And that may be the case. And that's kind of, that's frankly, that's is what Dallas did uh, last year when they had, uh, when they had um, Braden, when they signed Braden Holtby last yeah. year too. And they made, and they, and they kind of worked all that stuff together and that's fine. Just it's, it's the key question of if you're Dallas and especially with like, it's kind of, you talk about Wedgwood's injury, like the fact that he, what was supposed to be a short-term thing is now nagging and everything like that. Like to me, all of a sudden you're at the spot where you're Dallas, like you kind of have to be thinking about, are we looking for a one B this coming off season? Because you may be having to, like if, if it's just the reality of it, the most valuable thing a backup goalie can have. And Scott Wedgwood doesn't have it right now is health. Like yeah. you can't have your backup be a guy, be the guy who gets injured. Like it's, I, I it's very cruel to say it this way. But Scott Wedgwood is not valuable to the franchise if he's not durable because you need the backup to be ready. Yeah. And and, and the, so it's the other question is, is have they seen enough about have they seen enough Murray? Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives were consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call. Each week on alternate routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow alternate routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And I don't, and it's the same thing with that. Like, 
did he he's been he I, I didn't mind what he did yeah but i also <laughs> i i'm also not sold on on i'm also not sold on if i needed to start if if i needed to start him in a in a do or die game would i be would i do it i do it i don't think so so that's it's it's very the goaltending situation is something where I know, I know I know it's it's easy to be like oh well we saw what Jake did in the playoffs last year against Calgary and that was great yeah that was great and maybe and maybe this is just a two game skid but it's the key right now is we need to learn how Ottinger comes out of this we need to see what he does I'm I'm happy that he came out and acknowledged he needs to be better that's I think that's a big step for yeah. a young goaltender and everything like that so um, it's just it is a it is an area of concern that is that is real. Yeah. Um, and you're gonna get you may get this Seattle team in the first round. It's this was possibly a first yeah. round playoff matchup preview. And before the last couple of games, you would have been like, okay, the stars have an edge and goal. Right now, based off the last two games, they don't. Now maybe we're overreacting two games, maybe, but maybe it's a trend. We need we we need to give Ottinger the next week to basically kind of tell us who he is for the rest of the season. I would also say that I think the quality chances that the opponents are getting are better than the first half of the season. Um, I, I mean, and, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Yes. And, and yes, you're right. You're, but, I yeah, totally yes, agree yes. with all the points you said about Ottinger. Yeah. And I think you know me well enough. I'm a, I'm an Ottinger guy, you know, have been since his hockey East days. I'm yeah. a big fan. But at the same time, I completely agree with you. He needs to be better. And that wall, you're right. It is the perfect time to discuss the wall. Um, I just think these odd man breaks. I mean, to me, it's like I understand that's part of DeBoer's system. But if it continues to happen like this, there has to be a point where the coaching staff says, you know, we got to be better. And if our defensemen are going to pinch in the offensive zone, you got to make sure the forward's paying attention and not letting someone get behind you and or you you know you got to push back yeah. so you alleviate I just feel like and I don't want to you know not just I feel like we're back in Lindy Ruff days but I mean yeah. I remember when Lindy Ruff was coaching it seemed like that would happen on a regular basis where there were all these odd man rushes against the stars and they had great success in those years too so it's yeah. just one of those things where I I understand you know it's that fine line between you want more offensive hockey but you don't want to be you know, caught in the offensive zone. You need to get back. Yeah. So. Uh, and, and, and that's a perfect segue to, so we go to the, the second period, right? Where the McCann goal, which yeah. is another, um, it's one of those where it's the odd, it's the two on one nice play by Everly. Everly's been, Everly's been, I mean, I knew, I, I've said this before. I knew Everly was good, but I feel like he's found like another level in Seattle since he went there. Um, But nice play by him to set up McCann and yep. everything like that. But it's, it's one of those plays where McCann's just kind of able to sneak in. Yeah. No one goes in with them. And I also really don't like, he talked about Hockenpah and the Tanev goal. Like I, I as, as Essa Lindell played the two on one really well, that Sprung scored on. Mm-hmm. I thought Hockenpah just kind of got caught in no man's he land. Did. And, and it was, well, it was a two on one. It felt more like a two on O. So that, that one was, yeah. that one's not as much on Ottinger. And the only issue with Ottinger is I just, he comes across, he's not looking as balanced as he normally is. But on that one, it comes back to more and more of the question of, like, Nils Lundqvist should play the next game. If Nils Lundqvist doesn't play the next game, right. I have no understanding. We start of asking, what is going yeah, to get, what's going yeah. on. 
Yeah, and I I will add, and this is one thing for like Stars fans um, that I I like doing. I don't know if you do, Sean, but you know, when a goal happens, I hit pause and then I go back because I want to watch like the previous minute before that. And what you would see was actually the Stars were on a three on two, so they had the odd man rush and they they were putting pressure on Seattle, but you know, then they got caught. And that's that's what's kind of interesting. It was up and down hockey for a while, but you know, for the stars to be on a three on two odd man rush, and then the other way it comes two on one, you know, clearly, you know, someone lost coverage. And you're right, Hockenpah. I just felt as though at that point, you know, I don't want to read his mind, but I just felt as though it didn't have that like aggressive confidence that you'd like out of a defenseman. It kind of like he was just backing up and didn't you know, didn't aggressively figure out, all right, what am I well, going to do? You, you got to, you either got to take the pass away. Right. You didn't, or you have to go take the, you have to, or you have to close faster or you have to close faster. And he didn't do that either. He just did the no man's land thing. And it was the worst possible thing to do in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, a- absolutely. So the stars make a comeback. Um, it brings up the Ben Dodonoff Johnston line. Um, Boy, they've played so well. Um, you know, what I love about that, where Wyatt Johnston had the goal on the offside, terrific pass by Jamie Ben through the crease. But if you look at it, I think Dodonoff thought the pass was coming to him. But what I love about this NHL veteran is the little things, and he knew to get into the front of the net, which curled off two Kraken players, which left the Wyatt Johnston wide open. He dove because he thought the puck was coming for him, but the fact that he was in the right space that allowed the Kraken had to make a decision, and they made a split-second decision, left Wyatt Johnston open. Terrific pass for Ben. I mean, this line has just been so great this year, and I just have such confidence when the three of them are on the ice. Yeah, I mean, Dodonov's been such an underrated... Underrated? Um, wow. Under Underrated signing for... Yeah. Um, like, tra- sorry, it's trade. He's, he, people will look... Um, and it was. I mean, when they when they traded away Gurionov, part of it was uh, addition by subtraction with Gurionov. But they have gotten so much more than I think they would have expected with Dodonov. And it's like, Jim Nill deserves a ton of credit for that deal, so... I completely agree with you, and, you know, it's to the point where, hey, Stars Twitter, it's okay. Let Dernis Gurionov score goals. I mean, I'm happy for him, but you got to well, look, yeah, yeah. look at what you yeah. got, you know, in return. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so we already talked about the TANF second goal. Mm-hmm. 5.15 remaining, um, a goaltender interference is called uh, against Max Domi in the crease. A real nice mm-hmm. shot from Ty Delandria. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, he was pushed into the goalie, but I felt as though that was the definition of goaltender interference because although he was pushed, at that point I felt as though Domi was straight up and didn't really make a move outside the crease. I wanted to see what you saw on that. Yeah, it was one where um, the lack of – I'm not as much concerned about the push – it's more of the lack of effort by Domi to yeah. get out of the crease. There's a difference between being on the edge of the crease and, and looking like that. And then there's just standing literally where the goalie would normally play his position and showing no effort to move. And that's kind of, for me, I'm okay with that being, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm, I'm happy with that one being goalie interference for that. So. Yeah. Yeah. So 
the Stars go extra attacker, and clearly they've practiced this. And if they haven't, I mean, kudos on that play. Ben with, once again, another amazing pass to a streaking Dodonov coming off the bench. And my question for you is, did he mean to pass that to to Pavelski? Looking at the stick angle, it appeared he did. Pavelski with a tap in. I, I just thought it was a beautiful play with the extra attacker coming on the ice. Yeah, I mean, whether it's whether it's an intentional pass to Pavelski or a pass, a shot pass to that area, I think it's it's drawn up that way where the stars know that, and the stars are very good, especially with the extra attacker, of making sure there's someone around there with their stick on the ice around the net, and that's something where um, it being new to Dallas and everything like that, and Dodonov, you, you know, Joe Pavelski's going to be there, you know, someone's going to be there, so. Uh, that's the you work on that stuff. You work on building that up, and that's that is a uh, that that's a great play. So <laughs> it it really was. And then frantic final moments, and Jamie Ben with point seven seconds left scores to uh, tie up the game. And so I did something interesting because you know during games, um, a lot of people you know stars aren't getting calls and everything like that. So yeah. I went I went to Stars Twitter and <laughs> then I went to Seattle Kraken uh Twitter. A little bit of a difference there. And um let's just say Jamie Ben created space to get in front of the net. Um It's it's I mean it's you know what? It's a cross check, but yeah. also at the end of the day It was a great play. It's it's, it's a play that I'm not <laughs> From and I hate to say it this way, but because it's true, because I'm someone who believes that you should call penalties the same way, whether it's in the last second or the first second of the game. Yep. But from a situational awareness as a player, especially as we go into the stretch run, you know anything goes in front of a net. It's just the reality of it, whether you like that or not. It's true, and that's so. Ben created space. He finishes the play. Stars force overtime. Yeah, and I, I, something something I want to bring up right now, just yeah. because yeah. people are always uh... so on that play. We talked about Miro already getting some offensive. Miro Heiskanen had his fiftieth fiftieth assist of the season last night. Wow, on that fifty. So yeah, but you go into this year and everyone talks about like ah, you know what. Miro needs to do more offensively. He needs to do more. He's not. He'll never win a Norris because of that. He has as many assists as Rasmus Dahlin. Mm. Do you remember when? Do you remember when Rat like seriously? Remember the start of the year when everyone's like, "Oh, Rasmus Dahlin is redefining the defense." Like, yeah, yeah. He, he has many as many assists as Rasmus Dahlin. He's got he's four away from he has four less than Josh Morrissey, who has played two more games. Um, like he other, I mean, quit. So he's he's in a group with him, Adam Fox, Dahlin. They all have. They're all between 50 and 54 points. Obviously, Eric Carlson is having an incredible year with yep. 65 assists already for San Jose. And Quinn Hughes is having a quietly as quiet. Quinn Hughes is having as quietly as good as an offensive yeah. defenseman can yep. on a very bad team yep. and has 62 assists. Uh, like Quinn Hughes, I think there would be more noise about what Quinn Hughes is doing this season if he had more than five goals. Um, but like Miro Heiskanen is. is he won't win it this year, but you talk about the offensive base to win a Norris. It's there now. Like it, it is, it is there. It yep. is the, the, the offensive base to win a Norris trophy is there. And now it's 
all of it, it just starts to become more and more of the reputation thing. So it's, um, so that's good. It gets helps the stars get a point. Yeah. And then uh, you, you go to over 